Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Donner. I'm Zoo. Colin has been taken by a hippie commune up in Oregon, Oregon country, and uh, I think he's been sacrificed to their hippie god. Yes, in a wildfire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they burned him alive. They just stapled him to a tree that was about ready to burn, and there we go. It's not a good day for Colin. Could be worse. Could have been the bees. You know, all Nicolas Cage style. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Not the bees! Yeah, or or rats, all of 1984, but, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, they burned so, him at the stake like a witch. <laughs> Maybe Colin's a witch. Well, he does keep coming back. That's true. I mean, yeah, he... A tree, not really a stake, but basically same thing. Burn him at the tree. Doesn't sound as good. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't. Um, so you may notice things have changed on our site, and we've been hinting at this for a while, but they are live now. They if are. you head on over to StolenDroids.com, you can see the hard work that has been put in by Colin and Zoner and Schmitty. It looks, it looks freaking awesome. You like, huh? I do. You know, you haven't given us a lot of feedback throughout this whole process, so it, it's it's good that you actually approve of the of the mayhem that ensued. Actually, I'm kind of uh, happy not having to. I've I've redesigned the site so many times on my own. The site is how old is the site now? 2008. Yeah. Jeez. So we're looking nine and a half years. Yeah. It has been nine and a half years, and I have put that site through so many different redesigns, sometimes on my own, sometimes with help, sometimes getting uh, input from everyone else, sometimes not. And I made the logos, I made everything, and I was just kind of happy to just sit back this time and go, yep, don't even care. You're like, wow, that looks slick. <laughs> it looks really slick. I should have done this years ago. And the the cool thing about it is it's a lot faster than it was. Mm-hmm. So if you were having problems, you didn't like visiting StolenDroids.com before because it was slow or because pages wouldn't load properly, that should all be resolved. It it runs really smoothly. We did have we did have somebody who was having some issues the other day. Um, some stuff got lost transferring from our sandbox test environment to the to the live environment. But we helped it find its way, and, you know, we actually have noticed with the podcasts, I've tried to get the most recent ones, but our older podcasts are still pointing to our test environment, so they don't like to stream on the side. I'm still going through the process of updating those, so if you do encounter that, that's why we are aware of it and we're working on it. But, um, yeah, if if you notice some weird issues, and just reach out to us, let us know, and we should be able to get it taken care of relatively quickly. Yep, yep. We are excited. Uh, hey, big shout out to our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio, stitcher.com, radio KSCR, geek factor radio. And I've just realized I keep saying open book audio. That's just out of habit. It's been years, but it's still a habit. To, I mean, you guys can go to them anyway. They're pretty cool. They're friends of ours. So, you know, go for it. But, we're not actually brought to you by them anymore. <laughs> you know, I keep wondering 
because I haven't heard anything about that yet. You keep mentioning it, so that's cool. All right, we should give some shout out uh, to our friends over at Idiot Box as well. I know uh, they've been doing a lot of work for us. They have their sippy over there is great, and and he's doing some awesome stuff. Now we do have some other stuff we need to talk about, like some some um, not really sponsorship, but we do have Salt Lake Comic Con coming up in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't got your tickets for that. Head over to saltlakecomiccon.com. We will be giving away some passes. Uh, I've got four multi-passes that I'm waiting to come in the mail, and then we will figure out how we're going to give those away. But we have uh, something else that we want to talk about. For a long time, I've been wanting to be more involved in the community, using our using our position uh, to influence the forces of good, shall we say. Uh, we are, we are doing that. We have an event that we are not really, we're not really affiliated with, but we're trying to get the word out. We're trying to help them out because it's a really good cause. Uh, but it's called the buddy walk, uh, what is it? Buddy walk by the lake. And this is an event that's taking place in, in Utah. So if you're local here in Utah, uh, it's going to be Saturday, September 23rd at Centerville Community Park at, um, I don't even know the time, 9 a.m. Sorry, 9 a.m. Uh, is check-in, games and activities at 10 a.m., and then they're going to do a buddy walk at 11.30 a.m. And what this is, is this is supporting the Utah Down Syndrome Foundation. Uh, it's helping raise funds for them. It's helping to, you know... Uh, to really help these help these people with Down syndrome, just have a really good day. It's a really good cause, uh, and so if you want to find out more about it, you can go to uh, udsf.org and find out more about it. Also, uh, we're going to put a shout out or put out a request here. If you are a cause player and you would like to show up to this, I know that it's the same day as Salt Lake Comic Con. But if you'd like to take a couple hours out of your day and, you know, see what you can do to, to maybe help help with this, go ahead and reach out to me at zoner at stolendroids.com and I'll see if there's something we can do that can that can get you in a position where you can be be of help to these kids because it, it really is a good cause and, and you know, this is something that, that's kind of near and dear to us and, and we want to, to try and help them have a successful event. Very good. Um, in a completely different um, note here, past few episodes, you may have been noticing a slight whistling sound in Is the background. Is that your nose? That's my nose. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. And uh, we don't hear it. We've talked about this before, and it seems like every time around this time of year when cold season starts to kick in, you know, kids are going back to school and bringing home their little germ factories. Um What's worse is currently like ninety percent of Utah's on fire. Ninety percent of the West is on fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, the East, the Southeast is underwater. Um, the West is on fire, and uh, you know the Northeast has politicians in it. So you guys can keep that. We'll keep the fire. But as as a result, it's made things really bad here. And I've been noticing more and more as each week has gone on. I've been whistling a bit more. And I apologize for that. I hope it hasn't been too distracting or, or been too awkward. 
Um, but I am using a different mic tonight and a different filtering technique. So if you hear me bumping my mic around, it's just me trying to adjust it. So hopefully that's, that's better. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the fair warning. Appreciate it. I'll just have to be a mouth breather <laughs> from now on. <laughs> no, I'm actually quieter breathing through my mouth. Are you? Yeah. See, I generally think I'm pretty quiet, dude, when it comes to my breathing. But you're, I could you're be not wrong. I could be wrong. You are totally wrong. <laughs> yep, that, that's him, people. That's him breathing. <laughs> this um, okay. is me. So we have no feedback. Why does nobody give us feedback? I've been saying controversial things. This is confusing to me. Maybe because they're either on fire, underwater, or surrounded by politicians. <laughs> that would make sense. Or earthquake now. We've been having massive earthquakes down in Mexico. We've had a ton of small ones up in Idaho this last month. Yeah, probably because the super volcano is getting ready to erupt. We, we had a total solar eclipse. It, it is the end of the world now. It's end of days. It is the end of days. Let us pray. <laughs> Pass the Kool-Aid. Um, and as if to hearken the end of days, we have a massive data breach. Oh, my gosh. You have been hearing about this on the news. I guarantee you, you have. When our local news is picking it up and running it every night on the 10 o'clock, you know it's a big deal. Yeah, it really is. Equifax. <laughs> Hashtag hack Zoner is, is in effect, although hashtag hack America is also in effect at this point. Equifax had a massive data breach that resulted in around 143 million users uh, getting compromised. Now, on one hand, you might be thinking 143 million. That's not huge. I mean, that's a big number, but the PlayStation hack was bigger than that. You know, the Target hack was bigger than that. Um, all of them were bigger than that. Well, the problem is, is that Zoner, if you wanted to apply for a loan, I would use certain information to verify that you were who you said you were. Yep. All that information is stored in Equifax's system. Yep. Equifax is a credit bureau. If you didn't know that one of the three major ones in the U S and they hold all the information that's used to verify you because they are the ones who verify you. Oh, goodness. Wow. I, I, you know, I get hacked like all the time. Uh, some people may not realize, but this is like a real thing for me. Hashtag hacks honor is not just some shtick that we do. It's like my life, unfortunately. Was it Bruce who was recently on the show? He thought we were joking. Yeah. He, he thought it, he thought it was a, a bit that we do, but no, it, it is totally legit. And, when I heard the Equifax got hacked, I immediately knew I was affected. I didn't even need to go look. I just knew I was affected. And sure enough, I was affected. Uh, ironically enough, my wife was not. So kind of surprising there. Uh, yeah, my wife was safe. I was not. Uh, I didn't expect that I would be. But, you know, of all of the hacks that have happened, I mean, Home Depot, uh, Anthem, Blue Cross, Target, I mean, the government, U.S. government, Office of Personnel. This is the one that has me the most upset. 
Well, let's, let's go into exactly why on that one here. But first, um, what's kind of frustrating is they released a statement and it says, quote, we identified a cybersecurity incident potentially impacting approximately 143 million U.S. customers. Criminals exploited a U.S. website app. U.S. website application vulnerability to gain access to certain files. We discovered the unauthorized access and acted immediately to stop the intrusion. End quote. Okay, so everything about this statement screams PR. Oh, totally. Everything about it. They are in spin mode. Absolutely. Every word they use is designed to spin this a certain way. Yep. Potentially impacting approximately 143 million U.S. customers. So don't worry, this didn't affect anyone else. And we're not even really sure that it really affected them. And we don't really know the number. It could be much less. Don't worry. Criminals exploited a U.S. website application vulnerability. A criminals. These are hardened people who do this for a living. Well, they're probably right. They probably actually is. Um, but not simply, it, it makes it sound like we were robbed at gunpoint and much, much more that and much less. We were caught with our pants down. Oh, totally. These people were totally caught with their pants down. Right. But everything about the statement makes it sound like some people just kicked in the door to the diner and held them all at gunpoint. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is just spin. This is PR, just like you said. Mm-hmm. We discovered the unauthorized access and acted immediately to stop the intrusion. Um, Did you? They discovered <laughs> the unauthorized access. Well, A, those certain files, quote-unquote certain files, shouldn't been, have been accessible from the website. True. And they should never be accessed. Never mind unauthorized access and then acted immediately to stop the intrusion. Yes, the immediate part. Now we get into the crux of why this is pissing me off so much and why Zoner's so upset about it. And if you are not upset about it, dear listener, it's because you haven't been paying attention or you haven't been given all the facts. So shall we? Let's do it. First off, immediately after the intrusion Head executives for Equifax were allowed to sell their stocks in the company. Now, it, w- it wasn't immediately after. I think it was two days after. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Two days. Well, that, that shouldn't be a huge issue, right? That actually seemed kind of, well, except they didn't report it until just now. This actually happened back in July. Yeah. And they, access started in mid-May. They, they've been sitting on this for, what, five weeks? Right. So when they said that we discovered and acted immediately, they mean we discovered it had been happening for two months, shut it down, and then we sat on the information for two more months. Yeah. We've been selling off our stock, so, you know, our personal value won't go down too much. Uh, and then we decided to announce it to you that, oh, by the way, your information may have been stolen four months ago and they have everything they need to impersonate you anywhere else in the world. Yep. So that's first. The, the interesting part about that too, getting to the sale of stock, uh, their stock price took a huge hit when they announced this. Yeah. That's because they knew it would, as one would expect. 
And so, I mean, we can get into like legal ramifications, but it, this looks a lot like insider trading to me. Oh, it's totally, it is insider trading. It is the definition of insider trading. <laughs> we is- know something is about to happen, something that'll negatively impact our stock. And we're not going to announce it, even though we are a publicly traded company. We're going to sit on that information, make our money ourselves, and then we'll announce it. Yeah. If if yeah. if nothing else, the SEC needs to go after them and just bust them in. Okay, so next up, if you want to see if you have been affected by this, go to, what is it, EquifaxSecurity2017.com. Yes. A website which, A, is not registered to Equifax, B, is running a default WordPress installation, C, hasn't been secured, and D, according to Equifax's previous terms of service, by even entering the information into that site that they tell you to do, you waive the right to join a class action lawsuit against them. Yes. I looked at that and everyone's like, uh, oh, yeah, to see if you've been affected, go to Equifax Security 2017. I'm thinking, that sounds like a scam site. And it I almost go, does. And I go there. I'm like, it looks like a scam site. I look at it. It's running WordPress. I think this is a scam site. It's so bad that Norton actually blocked it because it thought it was a scam site. Yeah. I don't think Norton was the only one that was blocking it. I think a few others were blocking it as well. Now, we should also mention that on their website, um, somebody was able to get to a page that had username and password on it for, I'm guessing, logging into the website on the back end. Worse than that, accessing the database directly. There was also debug codes that were visible on the main site. Which, for security reasons, you don't want to have happen. Nobody should ever see that stuff on any production server at all. Mm-hmm. Especially one that is basically a gateway to so much data. You don't want that. There are so many mistakes that Equifax has made here. I don't see how a lawsuit doesn't come from this. Oh, right. Everybody waived their right when they checked to see if they were affected by the breach. Now, that's not entirely accurate anymore. No, that was... uh, Legislators got involved in that. Yeah. um, The government actually got involved, and I want to say the FBI did as well, and kind of um, heavily suggested to Equifax, probably at the end of a gun, that they redo their terms of service immediately. So, no, people can still sue them if they want. Yeah. Yeah. So, Equifax came out and updated their terms of service saying, uh, basically, they say, you can't sue us for anything except for this data breach. That's still fair game. So... I mean, this is total scumbag Equifax here. Yeah. And by the way, I I just pulled up the number here. In case anyone's wondering, well, you say they sold some stocks. What does that matter? They sold $1.8 million worth of stocks. Three executives did. The executives. 
You're telling me the ex- and their response is, oh, well, these executives didn't know about the data breach. The CEO, the COO and the CFO didn't know about the data breach. Oh. And they all three decided to sell a whole bunch of stock at the same time. One point eight million dollars worth. They I mean, Martha Stewart went to prison for less, didn't she? Yep. And the thing is, and I have my own issues with the credit bureaus. I personally think it's just a racket. Oh, it uh, totally is a racket. They're one step removed from the mafia. Yep. It, careful, careful you don't say that out loud, though, too much, because, you know, they'll make it impossible for you to get a loan. Uh, it's already impossible for me to get a loan. I went through a divorce. Oh, good point. Good point. And, and I can, okay, this is my own personal gripe here, Okay. And you may possibly rightfully so say that it is biasing my my approach to this. Okay. While I was going through a divorce, I was kind of living off my credit cards. The, anyone who goes through that knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's a time of turmoil in your life. It, it's it's bad, and I won't make I won't make any excuses about that. Well, it got back to the credit unions I was going through a divorce, and my credit score almost immediately took a 200-point dive. Really? 200 points immediately. So much so that the credit card companies I was going through and making payments on all said, whoa, you just got flagged as a high risk. We're going to have to lower your lower your uh, credit limit. Oh, Hey, by the way, we lowered your credit limit below where your current balance is already at. So here's oh. an additional fee, and we've just shut off your cards. Oh, that sucks. Nothing else had changed in my life, but suddenly the credit unions had decided that I was, well, two of the three. Two of the three, and Equifax is one of them, uh, had decided. That the, other, the third one had decided nothing had changed. So, yeah. I consider those guys like the mafia. I, I pay for everything cash, and I have ever since my divorce... Those guys are the worst. They, and this they, just kind of yeah. confirms it for me. Yeah, these guys are... Although, I think the Mafia secures their servers a little bit better than Equifax apparently does. Just You're, you're not wrong, actually. <laughs> just a thought there. Just a thought there. I hadn't but, even considered that, but you're absolutely right. But, yeah, this is just... Um, this is just garbage. This is just garbage. Hmm. Okay. Moving on into other possible security news. There is a big push amongst people who don't know better and people who hope you don't know better to have Kaspersky removed from U.S. computers. Kaspersky, if you didn't know, is a lab based out of Russia that is one of the best and most reputable antivirus and cybersecurity firms in the world. But they're Russian. But they're Russian, right? So we can't trust them. In truth, Kaspersky has always stated that they will expose their source code to anyone who asks. If you're a company or a government and you say, we'd like to use your stuff, but we don't trust it, because you're Russian, they'll say, well, A, that's racist, and B, okay, whatever, here's the source code. Yeah. They don't make it publicly available because that makes it just easier for people to bypass it. 
but they're very transparent and they've give, they have given this out before. People have combed through it and never found anything. Well, the problem is, is that Kaspersky monitors everyone. They monitor their own government. They monitor the U.S. government. And when cyber attacks happen, they are quick to point out who they think did it, even yeah. when it's the U.S. And as a result, the U.S. government does not like them. Well, it's gotten to a point now where that is starting to trickle down into the consumer brand of things. And Best Buy has decided to pull Kaspersky antivirus from all of its shelves, including on computers on the floor. Which is interesting. I mean, they've got a pretty tight relationship, or they did for years. You know, I bought my computer. I, I didn't have time to to build a computer one night. I needed a computer that day. And so I just went and I bought one at Best Buy, and they gave me the the 2013 or whatever it was, 20, 2015 Kaspersky antivirus disc, and said, oh, congratulations, you bought a computer from us. Here's your free antivirus. Uh, I never even opened it. But, I mean, that's the kind of relationship that these two companies had. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot, of anti- a lot of computers come with antivirus now. Most of them are crap. Yeah. And I mean that. Uh, even the ones that used to be good are now crap. Okay, I, I remember AV Free. That's crap. Avast Antivirus. That's crap. Um, Zone Alarm came out with an antivirus for a short time. It was crap. McAfee's professional version is really good, and their consumer one is crap. Norton, <laughs> same thing. Well, it's not even Norton anymore. It's Symantec. Yeah. Um, It's all crap. It's got so much bloat in it that it's just not not good. It's not worth it. I don't want it on machine, my machine. I use Windows Defender. I use Windows Defender as well, and it works just fine. Yep. It's not perfect. There is no perfect antivirus, but uh, it works well enough, and it doesn't slow things down. But next to Windows Defender was always Kaspersky. Yep. And so I just I think this is a bit of hysteria that's hit fever pitch. I think it's just convenient to blame them. And if the government can get rid of them and use our own fears to do that, they'll be happy. But you got to wonder, is what does that mean? If the government is super happy about something, how much can we trust it? Yeah, that's generally there's generally a couple um, tests that I'll do to determine how good something is. Uh, one of them if Vladimir Putin really is, is happy about something that causes me concern. Uh, if the U S government is really happy about something that too causes me concern. Uh, I just, I don't trust if the government's happy, they're screwing someone over. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't feel, yes, you could say I'm being cynical I don't feel that that's just being cynical. I it's kind of like if a used car salesman really, really, really likes you as a customer, maybe you have to revisit your negotiating skills. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, in other wonderful security news, it turns out that hackers have been accessing U.S. power stations, more than 20 of them, for two years. Now, this has been a concern for a while, and I know that the government 
said, you know, we're doing all we can to protect this because it's a serious threat. Apparently, they're not doing all they can. Yep. And this is a report from Symantec, speaking of. Um, yeah, apparently it's called Dragonfly. And the campaign's been active in some form since 2011. But Symantec has identified a surge in activity beginning uh, late 2015. And it's still going on. Now, what's really funny here, and this is from The Verge, and I'll just quote uh, the second to last paragraph because it's very telling. Okay? Quote, despite the group's apparent sophistication, their attacks did not exploit any undisclosed vulnerabilities often referred to as zero days. Instead, the attacks relied on known vulnerabilities and proven email phishing techniques, including a malicious invite to a New Year's Eve party. End quote. So this wasn't what they're saying is this wasn't some brand new way of hacking that they had no defense against. This was a whole bunch of known exploits, known vulnerabilities that they've known about for two years and haven't fixed that they still got in from or the random hacker saying, hey, you want to go to this party? Send me your username and password. Now, how is it that people still fall for that crap? Because people are stupid. Yes. I'm losing faith in humanity, Zook. Well, I have a way around that. And it kind of eh, tangentially goes with another headline here. Okay. But I, I before we move on to the next one, I think it's interesting. We talked last week about how the government really doesn't know what they're doing when it comes to cybersecurity. With the FCC website, here's just another example of that. Mm, you're right. I wish they would stop proving us right. Right. Um, so here's, you'll see where I'm going pretty quickly with this. Okay. Years ago on Jeopardy, um, a guy, was he from Utah or? Ken Jennings? Yeah. Yeah, he's from Utah. Yeah. Became like the world grand champion of Jeopardy. Yeah. Won more games of Jeopardy, won more money than anyone else ever. And as part of a a show of sorts, IBM pitted their brand new supercomputer, Watson, against him. Yes. And there were two different matches, and I want to say it was a draw overall. Like, the humans won one, but barely, and Watson won the other one, but creamed him. I, I think so. I think that's I, right. I, I may be wrong on that one. It's not actually important to the story here, but bear with me here. IBM then said, hey, Watson is great at everything. We can just give it a whole bunch of data. It can chew through it and pull back anything, and we'll be able to apply this to any field. First up, we're going to cure cancer. Well, that didn't work. And then they changed it to say, we're going to use Watson to identify cancer. So Watson can just look at you and say, yes, there's a 95% chance you have this kind of cancer. It's going to have a whole host of sensors. It's going to be able to pull in every symptom. It's going to be able to make all these different educated guesses. And it has failed spectacularly. So Watson isn't good at everything, apparently. Well, so my mom has stage four metastatic breast cancer. Okay. Uh, Zahner, yours does as well, correct? Uh, she actually, she had stage four cancer. She was given a clean bill of health and is cancer free as of last Monday. Good job. So, 
Um, well, good job. Like you did anything. Uh, I meant congrats. I, yes, I. I mean, I. I was so involved deeply with the treatments, and you were delousing her of cancer with tweezers. I. I know. Yeah. Um. Here's the problem. Okay, humans by and large don't understand cancer. It is far more complex than anyone ever tells you. Even Zahner's statement right there that she is entirely cancer-free is false. True. Because once you have cancer, you can't not have it suddenly. Yeah. It. Yeah. And I think, it, I mean, she went through treatment for a year and a half. Your mom's been going through treatment for, what, three years? Yeah. So... I mean, it's it's a lifelong thing, and there's always that possibility that it it comes back because what's more it's is there. There's even different types of cancer within subtypes. So I just said my mom has breast cancer. Well, the thing is, there's hundreds, if not thousands, of different subtypes of breast cancer, and a mammogram or any other kind of uh, uh, system may identify. Oh, oh. This person has cancer. Better give them everything you've got. Well, the problem is it may be a type of cancer that takes so long to grow, you will die of natural causes before it ever actually becomes a threat. Or it may be a kind that grows really fast, so it seems really alarming, and then stops dead and doesn't do anything else. Yeah. It is very complex. It is very nuanced. There are parts of it we don't understand still. So every time I see someone and I'm going to, I'm going to call someone out, Zoner, someone you know, who posted to Facebook about that one miracle drug that big pharma just doesn't want you to know that totally cures cancer. It's crap. So how did we think a computer was going to be able to do it on its own? This was. A huge misstep from IBM just trying to win some popularity points. Yeah. You know what they should have done? They should have let Watson loose on the U.S.'s cybersecurity, saying, Hey, Watson, monitor this system, identify any intrusions, and take appropriate action. I think Equifax should buy Watson. No, because that's what Watson's meant to do. You know? How come How come we, no one has done this yet? Watson isn't even IBM's only supercomputer. They have others? I, did, I was not aware of that. Oh, yeah. I, I guess I, I'm not up to date on my supercomputer um, who's who. I don't even think Watson's the biggest. There's a Wikipedia article on there. But, yeah, this is, this is interesting. They, they really should... You know, I think it's funny because I remember when Watson came out and they had Watson playing, I don't know, was it Bobby Fischer or someone for chess and all sorts of stuff back in the day. And then you didn't hear much. And then Watson showed up on Jeopardy and kicked Ken Jennings' butt. What are they doing with Watson? Like, what is Watson's job? It's obviously not monitoring the Internet for data breaches at Equifax mm-hmm. or the government. Uh, so what? What is, what is the purpose of Watson? Just to index data, to sift through data. Okay. Okay, yeah. I- IBM has 
Um, IBM has 27 supercomputers. Um, total power, uh, they are able to handle uh, 56.4 million gigaflops, which is a general floating operations per second. Um, and it has 4.6 million processor cores total. Wow. Cray has uh, 57 supercomputers, HPE 143, SGI 21, Dell has 15, NECHP has one combined, Supermicro has one, Intel has one, Amazon has two, Oracle has two. I mean, this shouldn't be this hard, right? Yet it is. Yet it is. Maybe they should take all of the supercomputers and say all of them will cure cancer. Maybe they'd have luck then. Maybe. Or maybe they should have all the supercomputers monitor Equifax's firewall. I think actually they should just have it. Um, I, I think actually they should just have it monitor you. Probably. That, that's what we should do. That would cut down on like probably 90% of the data breaches out there. Just watch me. See, see who's targeting me. Uh, you know, though. I was talking to my wife, and I wonder, it's my last name is Zoner. I wonder if because I'm at the bottom of the alphabet, if when they go in and just grab random information, if I'm part of that because they grab some from the top, they grab some from the bottom. I, I wonder how much of that plays into it. Maybe. Maybe. Except they probably get me, too. That's true. And you don't get nailed like I do. So maybe mm -hmm. that maybe that's not it. I'm just saying, IBM, if you want to actually get some kudo points and, you know, do something you can actually win at, this is it. This this is it. This is it. That sounds um, like it should be a song, don't you think? This is it. A <laughs> um, couple more hacking uh, headphones. One of them... Headphones? Uh, headlines, I'm sorry. Uh, my headphone is actually falling out of my ear right now. One of those things where you're thinking one thing and you start saying it. Yeah. Um, so Chinese researchers, surprise, surprise, have found an amazingly easy way to hack Siri, uh, Cortana, uh, Alexa, pretty much everything. Bixby. Uh, Google Assistant. Yeah. If That's you a use, lamest name, by the way, Google Assistant. If you use a Galaxy phone any PC with a microphone, any Amazon device with Alexa, um, anything by Huawei, anything by Apple, anything, just anything. It's called a dolphin attack, and it uses ultrasonic waves. So it allows you them to access the virtual assistant without you even being able to hear it, literally by talking and speaking the commands to it. Which is crazy. That's a huge flaw. Yeah. Now, okay, so what? You can get this thing to tell you the weather? No, no, see, that's only the start of it. The big thing is it's easy to put some malicious code up on the Internet, right? That if someone gets to it, you own that computer. Yeah. What's hard is getting people to go to the site, getting it onto people's computers. Yes. Oh, but do you know what these virtual assistants can do? They can launch a website they just can. with a voice command. 
They can. Yeah, that's a that's a big flaw there. I mean, I think it's interesting that nobody had thought of protecting against that. Yeah. And maybe that's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know until you don't know it. They nobody ever thought that this would be an issue because nobody ever thought about it being an issue. But leave it to those pesky Chinese hackers. Now, the good news is these seem to be the good guys. Uh, they've duplicated it and they've posted all the results and how they did it. Um, they've given it to all the different security firms and to all the manufacturers involved. They showed exactly how they did it and how um, help to help avoid it. But they did it very easily. It took like a, just a simple smartphone and $3 worth of hardware. Oh, man, that's bad news. Yeah, that's that's scary. And let's see here. Final one. Though this isn't really hacking, it's just kind of weird. Uh, the EU has decided that they need internet filtering, like continent-wide internet filtering. Uh, this is terrifying to me. Because we keep having politicians in the U.S. saying we need to model ourselves after what they do in Europe. And now we've got the president of the EU. There were some leaked documents um, basically saying that Estonia, which is the current EU presidency, has been pushing the other member states to strengthen indiscriminate Internet surveillance and to follow in the footsteps of China regarding online censorship. That is not something that you want to hear if you are a, a resident of the EU. Do you want a government-led dystopia? Because this is how you get a government-led dystopia. It really is. It really is. Just saying. Um, okay, let's move into some other news because I'm getting kind of depressed by all this. Yeah, I'm pretty salty because of the whole Equifax thing. So talking about it and, you know, government intervention and all this crap, it's just kind of putting me in a foul mood. Well, how about we foul it up a bit more? Okay. Sounds like fun. So it's kind of telling where the money is with things because the government gets really, really involved with having to fast track through things. Okay. Okay. If, the, if there was money behind electric cars in the 90s, the government would have started to pass regulations concerning them much faster. Yes. Okay. It's just the truth. Instead, lobbyists paid for the opposite effect. If uh, if the money was getting internet speeds faster and more accessible and giving people the option to shop around, the government would be lobbying for that and passing bills for it. Instead, we have lobbyists paying for the exact opposite. So I'll let you draw your own conclusions for here. But out of nowhere, the House, the U.S. House of Representatives, just approved a bill to that allows self-driving cars up to a hundred and hundred thousand of them, uh, each, each manufacturer to put them onto us streets. Which is, that's good news. If you're looking to get a self-driving car on the market, because you know, you've got to have that government regulation and all things. And 
If the government signs off on it, then that's generally a good sign that you can move forward with your plans. Uh, except for the fact that they did so, and, and the bill has almost nothing concerning what kind of safety regulations need to be in place for them. Oh, who needs safety? Safety is for suckers, Zook. Just put a robot car on the road and let it go. It's a robot car. It can't harm its human masters. Right. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, yeah. So you know where the money's coming from, right? Like, that should be obvious to everyone. Yeah. Um, it has not passed the Senate yet, and we don't know when it'll even be seen by the Senate. Um, Nobody knows when anything's going to come out of the Senate, because they're really good at talk. And not much else. But yeah. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Because if the government is stuck in gridlock, that means they're not able to screw me over. My concern is, is that if... Okay, so every car you buy that can be bought in the U.S. right now has to adhere to certain safety regulations that were decided upon by the Department of Transportation, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, um, you know, a whole lot of different committees. Right? Yeah, and, and no that, one, it's been that way for decades. Right, and every it's so easy to bag on them. And I know we just made fun of the government, but it's so easy to bag on people making these stupid decisions. Oh my gosh, why on earth do we have to have a committee that talks about the mil, the minimum uh, brake pad thickness required for a roadworthy car that's just so dumb, so dry? Except for if you don't have those things, people drive bad vehicles or companies make bad vehicles because they can. Okay. I'm not talking about the, the dumb things like this car has been found in the state of California to cause cancer. That, that's it, a dumb little label, but everything in the state of California causes cancer. So yeah, I, those people need to leave California. Everything gives them cancer. There. That, that's true. It's like in Australia, everything's trying to kill you. In California, everything will give you cancer. You eat that tomato that you grew in your backyard, you're going to get cancer from Do it. Do they just have like no ozone over California? I don't know. They've got, it's, it's just like a giant cancer pit. But so that, that is a dumb requirement. That's a dumb government regulation, right? Having a regulation that says every car on the U.S. roads has to be able to stop within a certain amount of distance. That's not a dumb regulation. And so what this has done is basically a bunch of lobbyists got the uh, the House of Representatives together and said, hey, put out this bill that says we're totally fine putting autonomous vehicles out on the street, but don't require us to have any kind of set safety regulations or even a definition of what an autonomous car is. That's nice. dangerous. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of annoying. Also annoying, Disney has decided that no, screw you, you can't watch Marvel or Star Wars on Netflix anymore. Well, to be fair, that that's taking place in, what, 2019? They're taking them off. And that's going to be about the time that Disney starts their own streaming service. So I kind of get it. They got to keep their stuff in-house. I understand it. It sucks, yes. But I get it. You know what Netflix needs to do? Buy Disney. 
all the, well, they can't, but all the Marvel things that they do, that they produce. Yes. Kill them all. Like right before the, uh, right before, like maybe like a month before the deal is supposed to close and everything transitions over. Kill yeah, I, all the characters. Make it so they that Disney has to reboot them. I I fully expect that. I mean, that stuff's going to go over to as well to Disney streaming service, which sucks because you know it's kind of nice to watch Daredevil on Netflix. But mm-hmm. again, I get it, and I don't think that Disney would let them actually kill them. I think you'd see a lot of problems coming there. But I do like I do like your level of vindictiveness. I'm just saying, oh, you you want to pick up and you want to do this entire thing that we built? Sorry, they're all dead. To be fair, though, Marvel did yeah, do a okay. little bit there with the whole building of the the stuff. So okay, okay. I I um, think it does suck though, and I I'm really bummed about it. Google Drive um, will soon no longer have a desktop app. You know, I don't, know the, I don't know if this is actually counting as a headline. I've got it. or No, I don't have it. I thought I had it, but apparently I don't. I don't even need it. Windows 10 actually has a lot of Google services built into it. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't used the Google Drive desktop app for uh, a while. Evidently, we're not the only ones because Google's ending support. Yeah, uh, it's it'll still be available for download for a little bit, and then they're taking it away. But it'll still be supported, and then it won't. But I guess they have like some synchronization tool that they're pushing instead. So if you do sync files between your desktop and Google Drive, it there's still options, just not the Google Drive app. Right. Right. Um. In kind of annoying news, more than anything, Facebook has been trying to fight fake news, right? The problem is, is that oftentimes it's Facebook that is spreading fake news, not the company itself. They're just uh, facilitating the spread of it from your slightly racist uncle who posts that thing about Obama being a Muslim and they finally have proof of it to, you know... Your crazy grandma who says that Trump is actually, um, he isn't being controlled by Russia. He actually is a Russian inside a Trump suit. You know, fake news comes through social media. That's how it spreads. Facebook has been trying to stop it, but they kind of actually just shot themselves in the foot over it all right now. Um, they won't tell anyone how they're fixing it or stopping it. They won't tell anyone the algorithms they're using. They won't tell anyone what data they're using to do that, which doesn't really do a lot for transparency. So for all we know, they're not fighting fake news. They just have like a paper, a cardboard box in the office that says like fake news fighter and filter system. Uh And it just sits there. And that's them saying, yep, that's us right there. Can we well, can we see the box? No, no. Just trust us. The box is working. Yeah. Huawei is now the second largest smartphone ma- brand in the world after Samsung. 
You know, I kind of like this. I don't think it's going to be long-lived. No, I don't think so either. Because uh, once Apple comes out with their next device, then Apple goes back to number two. Yeah. But uh, it's but maybe interesting. Not. Maybe not, because Huawei does not have, really have a foothold here in the U.S., and they struggle in India as well. Right. If they're well, able to conquer even one of those two markets, they could perennially, perennially be number two behind mm-hmm. Samsung. Well, even more so, and this is a Wall Street Journal article, so you won't be able to see all of it. Uh, we can find other information. Turns out Apple's had quite a bit of a hiccup trying to get the new iPhone built. Oh, the have OLED, they? Yeah, the OLED displays that Samsung has built for them cost more than twice as much as their previous LCD displays. Well, that's how you justify the the $1,000 price tag on those. Right, things. right. Well, even worse is the fact that it turns out they couldn't get the fingerprint sensor to work with the display. Oh, fun. So the new iPhone will not have a fingerprint sensor. Fun, fun. So when they were going, that, that uh, New York Times article, that uh, love song, to the iPhone going on about how the new one's supposed to allow you to unlock it just by looking at it. It's probably beca- the unspoken part of it was because you can't unlock it any other way since it's not shipping with a fingerprint reader. <laughs> yeah, that love letter was a little bit um, over the top. I think this is a step backwards for them. I'm kind of surprised they even committed to it. Yeah. like Like this is something that should have been locked down and figured out before because the new iphone is supposed to launch in like a month so that's kind of weird that uh, it is that soon isn't it it is yeah wow um and finally sources report that google is currently in talks to buy htc this could be brilliant specifically their smartphone business Yes. Yeah. The, the Vive V is it the Vive HTC Vive? Mm-hmm. Uh, their VR headset. That's that's not impacted. Just the smartphone stuff. Now this is interesting because HTC. We've talked about how they struggle for a while. Yeah, and, and HTC is often the one to build Google's hardware anyway. They have done yes, but they came off like their worst month in thirteen years. Uh, financially and their their sales are down like 54 percent, i think it was from last year uh they're not they're not really a juggernaut but their new phone that what is it the u11 i think mm-hmm. that's a pretty solid piece of kit from what i've heard but is it enough to bring the company back i don't think it is it's not because they've already i mean that came out what two months ago and people who want it have already gotten it you may see some people, but the main sales of that have, have pretty much taken place. Right. It, and, it's done. And so they're just kind of there at this point. It makes a lot of sense for Google to go in. We've talked for years about how Google wants to manufacture their own handsets. If they buy a smartphone company, they've got everything they need to do just that. Plus, you know... Maybe they get the patents or whatever. I think it's a wise move on Google's part, and I think it's an even smarter move for HTC to unload it. Mm-hmm. Indeed. All right. Well, moving into our... Let's see here. Do we have any other... Nope, that's it. That's all the headlines. 
Yep. Then some scam artist who said he invented email actually just lost his court case. Like everyone knew he was going to do. Yeah. So we won't even go into that one. Into our favorites. We're salty enough. We are. <laughs> so um, mine is a video that I just pulled up today, actually. And it's a really kind of cool idea here. It's uh, it's called the Warp Speed Comparison. It's by a channel called EC Henry. And it's literally just him talking about Star Trek ships. And you're probably thinking, oh, geez, another Trek thing, Jesus, come on. Well, I am a Trek geek, and and that's fine, you know. But I'm also a space nerd, and I always love the idea of how large space is and how much we don't actually understand that. Space is huge, and the fastest anything in this universe can travel is light speed, which even moving at light speed is still unfathomably huge. So he talks about the warp speeds of the different ships in Star Trek, and he goes all the way back from Enterprise era up through the original series, up through Next Generation, the DS9 and Voyager, and all the different ships and what they say their maximum speed is. Warp 9, warp 9.5, 9.6, 9.975. What do these numbers even mean? He then does a race using those numbers and he has them all race from Earth to the edge of the solar system, from Earth to Jupiter, and he pits them against light, the speed of light. And it's just, it's a short little video. It's really cool if you're into sci fi to kind of see what kind of speeds we're talking about, and even then, just how much space there is and how big it is. But it also points out this really hilarious mind theory I have, this little mind game that if you were able to hop into the Starship Enterprise and go from warp speed from Earth to Mars and then turn around with a powerful enough telescope, you could sit there and watch yourself take off to go to Mars. You could be on Mars looking at yourself take off from Earth. Okay, that gives me a headache. It's true, though. It's absolutely true. That is... Wow. Because if you can travel between planets within 10 seconds, but light takes seven minutes to get from Earth to Mars, you could beat the light that carries that information there. So when it actually comes and hits you on Mars with your telescope, you could see yourself. Wow. I had never considered that. Look at this stuff you do, Zook. This is what I think about when I'm going to the bathroom. You mess up my brain. You mess up my brain. Speaking of getting your brain messed up, my favorite this week is something that you cannot unsee, but you probably don't want to. Uh, He-Man and Skeletor in a bar. Jukebox comes on. There's dancing that takes place. He-Man and Skeletor for uh, moneysupermarket.com in a commercial do the dance routine from Dirty Dancing. I don't even know what this has to do with this store, and I don't care. It's wonderful. I, it does. It. I don't know either. It doesn't matter though, because this is one of the most glorious things I've seen in a long time, and you need to check it out. We got a video up on our site. Uh, it's got some behind-the-scenes stuff as well, and then there's a video behind it, another commercial of Skeletor just dancing down the street being awesome so yeah check these 
check this out because this is one of the coolest things you'll see today. I guarantee it. Awesome. Well, that is our show this week. Um, please send us feedback. We miss you. Were you affected by Equifax? Were you affected? Are you being flooded out right now? Or are you on fire? Or do you have a politician listening over your shoulder right now so you can't say, do you need us to send help? Yes. Let us know. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Yes. Uh, give us a call at 801-917-GEEK or, you know, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, all the social webs, the, the social interwebs. Um, and until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.